Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How are you doing? I, I want to start right off by apologizing for my voice. The reason I did not put an episode out last week is because I got COVID. I went to the first football game at FSU that I had been to since before COVID. Had an amazing time. Woke up the next morning knowing I had contracted COVID. It took a while for the positive result to come back, but I knew I had it. And so I'm lingering with a lot of coughing and having trouble talking sometimes, so I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) On that note, welcome to football season. It's my favorite. Fall and football season are my favorite time of the year. I'm a huge college football fan, especially my Seminoles, but I do love to watch a lot of different college football games, and so if that's your jam, then you're probably happy to. I want to let you know that there's a rate, review, and subscribe contest this month. I'm going to go through September 30th, and so here's the deal. To participate in this, You can either rate, review, and or subscribe to the podcast. If you rate the podcast, you get one entry in the contest. If you subscribe, you get two entries. And if you give a review, leave a four-star review, you get four entries. And the winner is going to receive a $250 Visa gift card. I've done this a couple of times before and have given out these gifts. And so $250. So what you need to just do is send me an email, Lisa, L-E-S-A, at ExclusiveCareerCoaching.com. Let me know that you have done one or more of these things so that I can make sure I don't miss it. And I will have that drawing on September 30th at 5 o'clock p.m. All right. So we're talking today about how to ask for interview feedback. I'm hearing from a lot of you about your frustration in not getting any feedback from job interviews. You know, you think you did really well and then they ghost you. And, and, you know, what happens oftentimes is we then begin to make assumptions when we're not getting facts as to why we didn't get the job, how we performed in the interview. Many of you start to beat yourself up and mean that you failed, right? So you have a choice when you know that you didn't get the job. You could decide, number one. There's a better job coming for me. That wasn't the right one. It could You could choose to think I must have been number two because if you don't have any facts, you can make them up and why not make them up in your favor? Or you can choose to decide that you failed horribly and that you're a disaster and nobody wants to hire you, right? So all of those are available to you and I would argue that that last one is not in your best interest. So the message I want you to hear in this episode is that If you wait until after you've been eliminated as a candidate, it's probably going to be too late to ask for feedback. Now, to be fair, you may still not get feedback even if you ask as I suggest. All I'm saying is let's increase the likelihood that you might get some useful feedback and and by doing it the way that I'm going to talk to you about. 
you want to engage the interviewers throughout the process. And, and this is for a couple of reasons. You want to be able to make mid-course corrections into how you're approaching your interviews, how you're approaching your conversations with these various people, and also for future interviews. So if this if this interview doesn't result in the job that you are hoping to get, you want to be able to perform better down the road with interviews with different companies. So today with this episode on how to ask for interview feedback, I got a lot of this information from a Harvard Business Review article by Marlo Lyons. So let's talk about why you don't get the feedback that you want. Oftentimes, recruiters are fearful of of saying anything that could be used against them legally. So maybe they are afraid of something that's discriminatory, non-inclusive, that kind of thing. And others are just going to be so busy trying to get the next person or move forward with the candidate for that job that they are still working with, that they're not going to take the time to give you the information. It is usually not because they don't want to tell you terrible information about yourself. It's usually to do with their schedule and their time constraints and or, you know, what legal has told them they should and should not say. So here are the touch points that I want you to think about when to ask for this feedback. And the first one is at the end of the recruiter screening interview. So that's typically that first interview. It's often fairly short. If there is a third party recruiter involved, and when I use the term third party, I'm talking about an outside recruiter, does not work for that company, works for some sort of a employment recruiting agency, right? And those are usually a 30 minute Again, screening interview. And the point of screening, the the word screening means we are trying to screen out as many candidates as that we can. So we may initially, after looking through resumes, we may have 12, 15, 20 people that look interesting to us. But with a little bit of effort at the front end, we can get that down to a much more manageable number of, you know, six to eight, something like that. And then they'll go more in depth, of course, with the remaining candidates. So at the end of this kind of conversation, ask the recruiter, based on our conversation, how do you think my experience matches the requirements for this role? So notice you're not saying, how did I do? Do you think I'm, you're not making it super about you, but rather your qualifications and your fit for this particular position. So if the recruiter has already told you that you are going to go through to the next round, I would encourage you to ask, is there anything specific I should highlight in upcoming interviews based on the job description or any intangibles that aren't listed? So if you haven't gotten any feedback from them, you're going to ask them, based on our conversation, how do you think my experience matches the requirements for this role? So in other words, is there a fit? Do you see that fit? If they've already told you there's a fit and they're going to move you on to the next role, now what you want to get is feedback on how to refine your approach as you go into these more in-depth conversations, typically with you know the, the person who would be your direct supervisor and, and folks who know more about the company, the job, that kind of thing. So that question is, Is there anything specific I should highlight in upcoming interviews based on the job description or any intangibles that aren't listed? So these types of questions can really surface some valuable information for you that may not have come up in the initial conversation. And it can also give the recruiter an opportunity to let you know 
what the hiring manager's perspectives are on the job. So sort of inside information that would only help you. So it's not going to be, uh, it's information that would be available to anybody who will ask, but not necessarily provided voluntarily to candidates who do not ask. So if the recruiter then is non-committal about the next steps and they start to say things like, we're just starting the interview process or we have more candidates to talk to, you might not be a top candidate. That's an early indication, especially if you've asked that very direct question about your qualifications and they kind of hedge around that and start to say, well, we have a lot of other people to interview. You know, we're just starting this process. Doesn't mean you won't be considered, but it is kind of a little bit of a red flag. So with that situation, I would ask, what additional information can I provide you with so that you can feel comfortable championing my candidacy for this role? So what more information do you need from me to help you make this decision? If the recruiter engages, you may have some more time to provide a little bit more information, or it may be information that will help you, again, in interviewing with another company down the road. If they think you're not a fit and they say, well, you know, you don't seem to have enough experience in area A, and you realize that you have experience in area A, well, that's great information, not only to tell that recruiter, but down the road, obviously my experience in area A might be important to other employers. And I want to make sure that I talk about it more, or maybe you didn't talk about it at all. So that's the first point at which you can ask for this. At the end of that initial, usually a 30 minute or maybe even shorter recruiter screening interview. The next step is at every round. So after each round of interviews, and (laughs) I've heard crazy stories, people have had 10 rounds of interviews. So we don't know at this point, there is typically that initial recruiter screening interview that's fairly standard, although certainly not ubiquitous. But at that point, until the hiring process, you could have any possibility of how this will progress, right? So after each of these subsequent interviews, you're going to be maybe interviewing with the hiring manager. There may be panel interviews where you're interviewing with different stakeholders within the company. There may be customers involved in the hiring process. There may be, it's virtually limitless, the possibilities here. And so at the end of the interview with the hiring manager, you want to ask that person, how do you think my skills can be leveraged to bring value to your team and the company? So this is hopefully you've provided that kind of information and you've sold your skills and you've talked about your fit with the organization. So you're meeting him part of the way there in the answer to this question. And you're saying, hey, based on what I've told you, how what's your perspective on how my skills can be leveraged in this organization to to bring value? And the answer that the the hiring manager will give will really help you to know whether your message was clear or whether you need to hone it further. So if he's, you know, clearly picking up where you left off and it feels like, okay, he really got my points and he's, he's seeing the vision, then you know you did a pretty good job in sharing how you would add value to that organization. If he is, you know, kind of stumped on how to answer that question, then you know you didn't provide enough information or if his feedback to you is sounds way off base in your opinion based on the skills you know you have. And then after each interview, I've talked about this ad nauseum in other other, uh, episodes, you want to send thank you emails. And I am a fan of emails. It took me a while to get there. 
just because snail mail is generally impractical in the time frame that most interviews are progressing in. And I want you to send that not just to people that you interviewed with, but to the recruiter, you know, anybody that helped. If there was a secretary that you've been in touch with who's been setting everything up, send them a thank you note as well. So, you know, when in doubt, send it. Nobody's ever going to be appalled that you sent them a thank you note unless it's poorly written, misspelled, you know, etc. If you did a good job, they're going to be at least neutral about it. After these interviews, then a great question to ask, is there any feedback, specific focus areas or anything I can do to improve my interviewing techniques? So again, it's that mid-course feedback. It's what can I do to improve? What can, what did I need to emphasize more? Where did you think I fell short in discussing my qualifications? You're just going to be more likely to receive feedback when you're in the middle of the interview process than when you've been already been eliminated. Again, they're much less likely to want to take the time to do that once you've been eliminated. And there is always that concern of saying something that could get them into hot water. Recruiters want to keep you fully engaged and interested in the job as long as you're still in the pool. And they want you to be successful. So I've talked about the different types of recruiters in the past, but if we're talking about a contingency recruiter here, a contingency recruiter is one of many. So there are multiple recruiters out there trying to find the winning candidate. They only get paid if they deliver that winning candidate. So they want to help you be successful so they make money because if they don't, if their candidate doesn't get picked, they don't make any money. So they want to help you to be successful. So they're motivated to to work with you on this and to answer your questions. The next phase is at the end of the interview process. And this is asking culture fit questions. So culture fit is about your demeanor, your energy, your presence, and how you approach your work. If you didn't get the job, you can ask the recruiter, do you think based on the feedback you received, I would be a culture fit for future opportunities with this organization. I wouldn't want to waste my time or yours if it's not a match. So at this point, if you know that you didn't get the job, you can, again, it's you've been eliminated, but it's worth a try to ask, is there anything that you think I can I can refine so that I'm a better culture fit? For this organization, there may be some more global concerns that would help you improve your culture fit for any organization. Again, you may not receive a transparent answer, but it's worth a try. And if you do receive any feedback at any point along the way, I want to give you three points to put what you learn into practice. So number one is to listen with curiosity. You want to take notes. You want to deeply listen and understand the context behind the feedback. You do not want to get defensive. You don't want to argue with them. You don't want to try to refute what's being said. You don't want to interrupt them to try to explain further. This is time to take away some insights. Now, if you're still in the process and they say to you, you don't have enough experience in A, we're concerned about that, and you do have more experience in A, once you've gotten that feedback, it's perfectly appropriate to say, may I may I comment on that? May I add some additional information about your concerns? But don't interrupt them to say those things. You want to keep in mind also that the feedback you get is one person's perspective or maybe a small group of people. And some feedback that you get may not be applicable. So you have to really filter this information and think, okay, is this useful on a global scale? 
for me no matter what company I apply to, or was this really specific to this company and I need to consider it anomalous data going forward? So, for example, if they say we really needed someone who is more hands-on, another company that may be more interested that you focus on strategy rather than execution. So, again, if you took that information and said, okay, I need to talk more and be more hands-on in my approach with all companies, that could work against you with another company who really wants someone who's more strategic. So, use every answer that you get to fuel questions for further recruiters in the future. So, are you seeking someone more hands-on, someone who can provide a high-level strategy or both? So, once you get that feedback about you and how you maybe didn't match with that company or weren't the right kind of culture fit, then you get that data to ask better questions down the road of recruiters. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to change your approach, but you know what questions to ask. Because again, this is a two-way street, right? You're interviewing that company just so same they're interviewing you. And if you're interviewing with a company that really wants someone hands-on and you're very strategic and high level, that's not a culture fit for you. And you want to be able to ascertain that as early as possible and perhaps eliminate yourself from the, from the competition. The next piece of advice I want to give you is to analyze feedback holistically. Recruiters don't know how you are going to receive the feedback. So you can expect that in many cases it will be kind of sanitized to not hurt your feelings. So take it at face value. So at the same time, I don't want you to necessarily try to become somebody that you're not because one company said you were too strategic and not hands-on enough. I also want you to not overanalyze a particular sentence or word or phrase as the reason you won't get any offers ever for companies, right? So look at the feedback holistically. Look at everything that you received, not just in response to the feedback questions, but also what kind of nonverbal feedback did I get during interviews? What kind of verbal feedback did I get in the interviews? How did those things go? Take all of that as, as, as data to improve yourself and don't dwell on a single comment that maybe sticks out kind of like a sore thumb. And then the third piece of suggestion that I want to give you is to adjust your approach, not yourself. So feedback is not personal. It's going to feel that way. It's going to feel like it's an indictment on you and, and who you are as a human. But no one is actually asking you to change your personality. Or if they are, run, don't walk. You can pivot where doing so is comfortable to you and makes sense, but not where you would be compromising your authenticity. So, for example, if you we go back to the feedback of not being hands-on enough and you're a very strategic person, maybe you enjoy a certain amount of hands-on work, rolling your sleeves up. You like that it builds team. Your team gets more trust in you because they can see that you can actually do the work. So you can talk about that. You're not compromising your love of strategy. You're still emphasizing that, but you are highlighting your ability when necessary to be hands-on. You want to be authentically you in these interviews because otherwise it's kind of like dating, right? If you become somebody that you're not for an interview, for a series of dates, and then one day you show up as you, the other person is going to be like, who is this? You know, who, who's sitting across from me at this dinner table? So you want to be authentically you so that you can be in a good culture fit. So use that feedback that you get to develop your interviewing skills, your executive presence, all of that 
But don't use it to say, I am inherently wrong. I am doing it wrong. I am the wrong person. Therefore, I must be a different person in order to get a job. In the end, in summing up, if you are rejected from a role and no one will give you any feedback, don't take it personally. Give yourself a pat on the back for going through the process for whatever self-discovery happened. Remember that most of the time, it's not about you. It's about, it could be internal politics. There was a candidate that the CEO really wanted to see in that role. You know, who knows? Any number of things. As I said at the outset, you can choose to think I'm no, I was number two. Or you could choose to think a better position is going to come along for me. That wasn't the perfect fit for me. Um, it could be just, you know, they are looking for somebody with different skills, not better skills, just a different set of them. You know, the job could have been posted, could have been canceled, and no one told you that they weren't even going to fill the position anymore. You know, don't make it mean anything about you. The most important thing to remember here is that you will get the right role at the right time. It's just so very important that you keep your mindset in the proper perspective as you go through this, get the feedback, use it to make those mid-course corrections, but not to change who you inherently are. I hope this has been helpful. Remember about the rate, review, and subscribe contest. You have now until September 30th to get on iTunes and fill that in or wherever you listen. Rate, review, and subscribe, and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.